My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're... Paramedics? Unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics. Unscripted. Welcome back into Paramedics Unscripted. This is Jason, your co-host. I'm here with my co-host, Bobby, for Season 2, Episode 12. Bobby, how you doing, brother? What up, what up, what up? What is going on, man? We've got to catch up on some stuff here. we got a lot of topics we're going to cover, um, a lot of different podcasts we're working on right now. So let's uh, let's kick it off today, Bobby. Take it over. It's been a minute, man. A lot of stuff's been going on since the last time we had Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've filled up with my idea board. It's filled up, man. Yeah, what you been up to, bro? Uh, normal stuff, man. We're, real estate's busy, man. Been doing a lot of transactions, so that's been good. And uh, school's back in session now, though, so it's starting to slow down a little bit. Wait, school's back in session? Oh, yeah. They've been in. Are you serious? Yeah, they've been in. For, they're on their second week already here. Gosh, man, I know I've said this before, man. These kids even have a summer break anymore? Yeah, I know. Like, when did school get out? Uh, Late May, like third week in May, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't It wasn't like the middle of June that they got out? No, 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 no. Yeah, out. like when I was okay. a kid, that's what it was. It was middle, like. I don't know, second or third week or second, first or second week in June. And then you went till after Labor Day. But here's Damn, man. When we, when we were kids, man, we had like, like exactly three months off. Yeah. Yeah. In the summertime. It, well, it started getting a little shorter there as we, you know, before, you know, as we were getting later in high school, but it was, I mean, it was, that's three months felt like a year. Well, it's like, you know, I, I was, yeah, I was joking with my daughter. Cause I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, you, you started school like two weeks before WVU goes in. Like, right. <laughs> like the colleges aren't even in session yet. You know, but hey, that's it's amazing, it. though. It's amazing, though, like when we were kids. I mean, that summertime felt like forever, which was awesome. And, you know, now since we're like, you know, old adults, it, it, it the summertime feels like a week. Yeah, yeah. It just flies by because all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, and now, now it's August. And now it's like football season's right around the corner. And like to me, summer summer's over now, you know. I mean, it's over for my daughter anyways, which kind of changes it for our family. But but at the same time, it's kind of like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready at this point. Let's get to fall. Let's get going. Especially in Alabama. It's so freaking hot. I was like, <laughs> let's go, you know. So Yeah, man. It's, uh, how is uh, – How's the family doing? doing Especially good. with all the all the bullshit going on right now. Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. How about yours? <laughs> doing good, man. I uh, had a scare the other day. I uh, was blind for two days. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, man. I'll oh, talk about okay. it. I, well, when you start to uh, get up there in age, I mean, you don't have to get up there in age. People young have the same problem, too. But I, uh, right. I had to go get a sleep study done because uh, – the sleep, uh, the snoring, my, my wife can't stand my snoring anymore. And plus, apparently, the uh, sleep apnea has gotten really bad, too. Uh, I mean, I'll wake up in the middle of the night sometimes, and it's like I'm drowning. I'll wake up, you know, gasping like I was being held underwater. That's, so it's getting, it's, not it's, a good thing. No, and, it, and it's, it's, it's getting worse. So it's like, God, you know, and some people refer to sleep apnea as it's, you're just – it's a slow death, <laughs> you know, like a death of a thousand cuts. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, and I, I've resisted getting a sleep study done because, you know, I don't, I'm just like, I don't want to become Bane or Darth Vader by having to wear one of those CPAPs. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, I, yeah, I don't care. I'm sorry. I just want to be able to sleep 
and feel fully rested. I mean, sometimes I do, but the biggest thing too is my wife just, I mean, I, she literally can't get to sleep because it's my snoring is that bad. Yeah. I've heard so, a lot of people that, that did that, like got like on the CPAP machines and stuff like that. They say the best sleep they've ever had though. So there's a thing. like you look like yeah. Vader, but who cares? You're asleep. And then, you know what I mean? And then you're waking up like fully yeah. like, refreshed, like you're supposed to be. So that's, you know, I guess. It and I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I, I, at this point it's, like, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll wear, you know, one of those things. And, uh, I just, one, I just want to feel better. And two, like, I want to feel this refreshed feeling that, you know, people talk about. So, but I was, uh, when I went to get the study done, you know, it's one of those things where you, um, you go to the sleep study center and you take a, you know, it's basically you, they have like a hotel room type room there for you, even though you're like in a, a lab setting and, um, they hook you up to about close to 20 electrodes, um, like 14 on the head. And then they, you know, hook you up to the heart monitor and then they, you know, they do all that stuff, but they have to, when they put the head electrodes on, they use this, uh, 10, 20 conductor paste. It's got the consistency of toothpaste. Yeah. That sounds pleasant. Yeah. To, uh, so I don't, you know, cause you've got so many wires hooked up to your head, you know, and you're basically going there to sleep. So they've got to, they got to stay hooked up. So that, that keeps them on there. But then, uh, and it, it went in there at like, probably it was like eight thirty in the evening. And then I was on, only there till like five thirty in the morning, which is good for me because, you know, I wake up at five anyway, even if it's my day off, which it was, but, um, you're like an old so man. I got, yeah, I got up, <laughs> I got up and, um, you know, these the guy, the, the techs were great. I mean, they were awesome. They were removing the, the electrodes and the, and the wires and uh, they said that just, just wash your hair normally, you know, cause it's just, it's got the consistency of toothpaste. Just wash it normally and you, you'll be fine. I'm like, okay. So of course, uh, my dumbass was like, you know, I got the whole day ahead of me. I'm like, let me go bust out some errands and work out and do some yard work. And, you sure. know, so I, I didn't even take a shower. So I still had all that shit in my hair. So when I was outside doing yard work and I, it was, you know, it was hotter, hotter than hell that day. And I just, just, you know, I was just sweating profusely. And of course, before you know it, that conductor paste basically just liquefies and just glazes my eyes. Oh God. So, so yeah, at first I'm like, uh, it just, it just, it, it, like it'll clear up, you know, it shouldn't be that. I mean, it's just gotta be safe because, you know, they use this shit all the time. Or they would have told me to wash it immediately. But, right. um, or they would have had you do it like there, you know? Right. So I'm just, you know, it, it, for the next couple of hours, it was just like, I mean, it was foggy. It was like looking through a piece of, uh, like, uh, basically like a shower window, like a shower door that steamed up. You know, it was kind of like foggy like that. Yeah, like cataracts all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it, it just, it started to get better. And then, of course, I was just like, well, screw it. I need a, you know, I kept flushing my eyes out, flushing my eyes out, but then I was flushing them out too much to where the chlorine was starting to bother me. So I'm like, let me go get some Visine, which was the mistake. Um, so I went and got some Visine and some like, like pure tears, like lubricant and, uh, was using that and it just was progressively getting worse throughout the night to where I was like, I literally, it was like my eyes were on fire. I couldn't, I couldn't get comfortable to her. I had to, you know, wake my wife up. I'm like, cause I couldn't see. I'm like, you need to drive me to the, uh, the ER. They put the numbing agent in my eye. They checked my eyes out and it's like, yeah, apparently that glue, when it started to 
coagulate again when it started to kind of dry up it was underneath my lids and you know when it dried up a little bit it just every time i guess i would blink it would just just scratch the crap out of my eyes oh shit so and then the the visine which i didn't know this about visine the visine was making it worse because that's like and people out here listen to that that's the worst shit you can use for your eyes like use it once the initial you know it'll it'll put some but I was talking to two different eye doctors and they said, don't ever use that stuff. Why? What did they say so, is wrong with it? It's just, uh, it just, it doesn't, it actually can make the problems worse. If you're going to use anything like that, they say use, uh, it's called close to tears or pure tears or something like that, which is basically just, you know, probably Sterile pure water. saline solution. Yeah. Saline yeah with yeah, some yeah. lubricant in it. Yeah. And, um, but it was, uh, I was, I was like that. See, I got out of the ER at probably three o'clock in the morning, and I was supposed to work the next day, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't see, and um, so left the ER. Then went to uh, I. They basically uh, said I had to follow up with the ophthalmologist that they basically put an appointment in for me for the next day. So I went in there, and the ophthalmologist was freaking great, and he was the one that actually told me. He's like, he's like. Yeah, don't ever use that visine. He goes, we we call it Satan's tears for a reason. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I'm like, yeah. I said it, it was. So so visine yeah. won't be a sponsor. Is that what you're saying? Oh, okay. No, you know, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not. I don't have anything. I've never had a bad experience with visine except that. But I, you know, if you have a an eye injury, that's the last thing you should use. Now, if you're just looking for some, you know, like after you've been in the pool all day or something like that, yeah, probably is fine. But uh, for an injury, nope. But, uh, so yeah, I just got, uh, just, uh, it was a combination of prednisone and, and zithromycin drops, which I got to put in my eyes. Like it was every hour at first and now it's every four hours. But, uh, but yeah, that stuff works like a champ. I mean, I, by the next day I was like, I was, I was pretty good. Now how's your, how's so, your, uh, how's your vision now as far as like back to a hundred It's, uh. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much back to normal. I mean, I do have, I mean, it was, it's only been a day and a half since it cleared up, but uh, it, it, uh, I mean, I'm still sensitive to light to a certain extent, but. Uh, so sensitive. I mean, stop. No, it was, it, it, it's, it's pretty much back to normal, but you do a sleep study, wash that shit out of your hair before you go out and do anything, like, especially out in the hot sun or whatnot, because that is no joke yeah that's crazy did they did they say yeah. did the eye doctor you know when they actually look at your eye and do more of that stuff did they did they say you should get it all back as far as vision or did they say you yeah i mean any reoccurring issues no but i looked it up uh because one of the first things i did when i when it first happened um i called uh the sleep study place and i'm like what is the you know if i do have to go to the er i need to know what it's called so that they know what it is yeah sure and it, you know that's when she said it's called 1020 conductor paste and then i looked it up and of course you go online and there are people that have had the same problem i had and didn't you know but it's not only the conductor paste it's like that um it's like the prep they put on too before it it's like benzoin or something like that that uh, basically just preps the skin to where it just takes you know just kind of like a primer yeah so it, like it hears better and cleans it up yeah and stuff like that. but why yeah. i wonder why that's uh that's kind of interesting that they would use especially if they've had problems with that potentially in the past, like what you said and stuff like, I don't know. It seems a little weird. 
Or why they, or if nothing else, why they don't tell you to like, you know, here's some wipes, wipe it off before you leave or something. Make sure you don't get well, it in your eyes, like something like well, that. Because most most normal people will probably, you know, instantly go home and fucking ah, wash their hair. Ah, there's the problem. <laughs> there's the problem. You thought he was normal. Okay, all right, we figured it out. Oh yeah, I mean that was uh, that was just me. Like I gotta get some shit done, and uh, just like I can deal with the shit in my hair for you know. Yeah, you're the only one I know that at so, 5 a.m. Uh, is like, eh, probably go get some shit done. I'm like, I should, probably, <laughs> I should probably go back to bed, you know? Dude, I just got up, and uh, I, was, I was getting ready to leave, and it was uh, 5.30 by the time I got out of there. I'm like, Jason, damn, man. Jason, here, Jason, your, your study's over. Fuck off! <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm sleeping until 9, you know? <laughs> well, that was the thing. I, I, um, I, I forgot that I had my, my alarm set on my phone for like 5 o'clock. And, you know, they, they want you to try to sleep until 5.30. And I told the dude the night, the night before when he was setting me up, I'm like, look, I, it's just like clockwork. He's like, I said, I'll be up at 5. And he's like, and I guess when we were talking, he asked if I had turned my phone off or my alarms were on because, you know, there were other people in other rooms that were having sleep studies as well. And, um, you know, they didn't want to wake anybody else up that early. You're that morning, guy so. at the college dorm. Jesus. Probably, yeah. So, of course, it, you know, at 5 a.m., it was like, you know, the freaking air raid siren goes off that I have on my phone. <laughs> and, uh, and he came in. He's like, he's like, yeah, man. He goes, he goes I heard your alarm. <laughs> but, all, I mean, it was He's all trying all, to sleep all, in, too, you know? Well, they, they also have the intercom system. He's like, I'm asking him, like, so how did it go? And he goes, there was definitely some snoring there, man. <laughs> you know, like, like what he uh, like, uh, he goes, you had some drops too, you know, meaning that, you know, I, I had some, some bouts of uh, stoppage of breathing there for, you know, like 10 seconds or less. Yeah. I've seen that. It's so. terrifying. Yeah. And it, uh, uh has your like wife said, ever seen it? Has she ever actually, not the yeah, snoring. Of course well, she, she, everybody snores, but. Oh yeah. She's, well, she's so irritated at this point that, <laughs> you know, that, uh, it's, uh, I should have taken care of this before now, you know, but I just, like I said, I was just, you know, procrastinating because I didn't, you know, I knew, I know what the outcomes would be. It's like, you're going to have to wear one of those fucking masks. So, you know, like, you listen to your doctor, Bobby, you're going to go to sleep study once a week. Right. But then when she would, she would, she would record, she would like get on her phone and record me and, um, and then I'd see it. I'm like, holy shit. Like, and of course. that beast? Well, and it's like, you know, uh. Well, and not only that, but it's the uh, it's the drops, you know, the the just stoppage of breathing, and for like it seems like a, an eternity, and then all of a sudden you're gasping for air, and that's I would wake up in the middle of the night doing that, and, and or I'd wake up my heart's beating out of my chest, and kind of like the way you would feel like if you were about to have like an anxiety attack or something like that. I mean, I've never had an anxiety attack, but that sounds like that's what it would probably feel like, but um. Yeah, it was. Uh, glad I got it done. Now I'm just waiting for the results. But I mean, I think we we both know what they're gonna be. So. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah you know what's coming. You know what I mean. Yeah. But they're not they're not really that noisy those those machines because I had a partner at the fire department that, no. that he wore one and because he was he told me about it obviously so I didn't get out of bed at night to take a leak or something then look down and see like a stormtrooper you know so so he was uh. You told me about it. And I was like, all right, whatever. I was like, is it fucking noisy, dude? Because if I, if I have to listen to some bullshit all night, I'm going to get pissed. And he's like, no, you don't even hear it. And I'm like, you put it on. It just sounds like I was like, is it on air. now? Is it on now? And he goes, yeah. I go, oh, that's fine. I'll sleep through that. I don't care about that. It's barely noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like, uh, you know, just like, like to me, it just sounds like a, like a 
air conditioner, you know, or a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, it, it, I mean, I'm probably half my station, half the dudes are, you know, bring their because they're all old. Bring yeah, bring their bring their CPAPs to get out, get the rooms all set up like <laughs> so it's ready to go in between calls. Hey, and and uh, sh- yeah. this is totally off topic, but uh, since I do travel agent stuff as well, like uh, when you go on a, a cruise or whatever, you know. Um, for people who haven't been on a cruise, you can't have extension cords and things like that because, and, and like power strips, you're not supposed to have any of that stuff because of obviously fire hazards and that would be horrible on a ship. Right. Um, but if you do have a CPAP machine, uh, like if you're one of those people that has that and needs it for a service or whatever for, for your well being, you can let the cruise lines know beforehand. They have forms you can fill out, let them know, and they'll bring right. an approved that they provide, a approved uh, extension cord so that you can, because a lot of times the plugs aren't really like convenient necessarily like they are at your house, you know what I mean? Where they're all over the place right. so that you can run the cord across the room or whatever so that you can put it next to your bed, stuff like that. So little, little tidbit of information, just random shit. No. And anybody listening out there, don't do what I did. Just go get it done. Because, uh, in a lot of cases it really is kind of a, a slow death because you know what this is bad as sleep apnea is in some people. I mean, it's, it can create, you know, heart problems, you know, definitely heart and cardiovascular problems. And, you know, just then once you get, start to get older, it just, you're just, you're just more vulnerable to a lot more problems. So just, just get it done. Yeah. And by putting on the I I used to shove it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to fix too with that machine. You know what I mean? Like it's not, once you get used to it, it's not a big deal from what I've heard from people. Right. Because once once my partner had it after like the second day, I was like, okay. Like, like I didn't, you know, and I, I, you know, get out of bed to take a leak or something. I looked down and see him because we had like a bunk style in that in that firehouse where I was at. And I looked down and he looked he was just chilling, you know. Never heard any. Well, I know a lot, a lot of single guys. Yeah, a lot of single guys are kind of, you know, frown upon him because they're like, well, what if I'm, <laughs> what if I meet somebody, and we hook up, and you know, I got to bring my shit. <laughs> I got to bring you my know, bag over. If I, if I, yeah, <laughs> if, I, if I go stay over and I gotta. I got to bring my machine. Yeah, but now it's like it's so common now. That's oh yeah, the thing like you know because I because I I I, I kind of call BS on some of the not not yours. Yours sounds very severe, but like anybody that has anything, they always just for a while that was like the big thing. Doctors were just pushing those on everybody. Like any person, like I one time snored. They're like CPAP. You know what I mean? Like they were just doing that. Like and and that got a little old. So I think now it's so common that I think uh, people are a little more understanding of that. You know. It's not like people, the things, people are going to walk in your bedroom, you know, and be like, what the fuck is that? What is wrong with you? You know, like no one's going to do that. <laughs> you know? Well, one of the things I asked about, cause I was curious because you're, you're seeing it a lot more now, especially in the media and whatnot is the, uh, is the uh, implant. And, um, of course I, I asked the, uh, neurologist, I'm like, so what about this? He goes, the implant? I said, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about, I don't know anything about this. So yeah, tell me. He about goes, it. uh, he goes, I wouldn't recommend it. He goes, it's, it's so, it's still brand new and we're still working out the kinks in it. He goes, and you know, especially when it's something you're going to have implanted. He's like, yeah, basically, I, I don't but, know. The but whole the jab concept. shots are okay. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But no, he just, he said me personally, he goes, I wouldn't recommend it because it's just, it's too new. But what does it do? Explain and, what it did. Cause I've never heard of this. And I, maybe I'll our listeners haven't you. heard I, about it. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was kind of like, what? It was something to the implant. I don't, it, where is it? Implanted? It does. It's implanted like, like I think right around where your clavicle is. Um, okay. Uh, 
and uh, it I don't know if it has some sort of electrical charges or whatnot that it expand your your neck muscles or something. It, it was just some, some. I'm like, what, really? And, but uh, I'm like, up. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that yet. That sounds pleasant. <laughs> that sounds pleasant. Every every time you start storing, you get electrocuted. That sounds wonderful. But it apparently, I mean, it's uh, so relaxing. I mean, like I said, don't quote me. I, 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 I will be the first to admit I don't know anything about it. I just, you know, I, he he explained it a little bit to me, and I'm like, it just kind of passed right through me. Yeah, I would, so, I would, uh, I would definitely put on a, a mask at night and do that right. method through a, like an elephant hose. Then before I'd start doing some surgical implants, not 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 right now anyway. You know. What well, I mean? plus, I mean, uh, people in our line of work or your former line of work. I mean, we know how effective CPAP is since we use it for CHF and pulmonary edema. I mean, how effective it really is. I mean, we used like a lot more elaborate setup, you know, at work than we did than you, you use at home. Right. But, you have uh, CPAP and you have BiPAP, two different, right. like, same mm-hmm. idea, but different mechanisms. Same concept. Yeah. Because yeah. one of yeah, them, well, C- we, CPAP is when you're, you're, um, for those people who aren't, and I, in, and if I'm wrong, tell me, but from what I remember, CPAP is when you take in a breath, it's assisting you with your breath. Whereas a BiPAP machine is basically telling you when to breathe. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of blowing the air in and making your start to do that breath then. Right on. So, so a little bit That's different, right. of a, con- little bit different of a concept, but, but same, same idea of what you're trying to do. Yeah. But, uh, definitely. I mean, I went from being somebody who never snored, like that you wouldn't even know I was in the room if I was asleep to freaking sawing down a forest, <laughs> you know, it's that bad. So 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 uh so is your is your wife like coming home and checking the mailbox every day waiting for your machine to arrive oh no she well that's the thing it's like i just got the study done and uh now i'm just waiting to get the results back you know which is basically gonna be yeah you need cpap you know it's just like yeah i kind of knew that that's what i'm kind of surprised i'm just surprised like when did you get that done like a couple days ago yeah how did they not have the results already you would think they would almost like have them that morning i mean they would they're done with the study that morning you think how long does it take a doctor to look at that well, the tech told me, uh, he's like, look, he's like, you're probably going to have to call to remind, to, to get the results. He goes, but he's like, don't expect to hear anything in, you know, in less than a week. I'm like, what? Really? He wow. goes, yeah. He goes, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you were to go have an MRI done, you know, sometimes you won't hear anything for like five days, but, wow. uh. But I, it's just depending on what the situation is anyway. That's not how, that's not how Dr. House would have handled that shit, I'll tell you what. That's right. Shit. See, Dr. House was an asshole, but effective. <laughs> but effective, right. See, and that, that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of... How many people, how know, many people could, uh, could be there in a session, like an overnight? Um, in this, this particular uh, center, sleep study center, that was, they had, I think, the capacity for f- five... Oh, so it's not that one time. It's not a huge amount of people or anything. No. It's not like no, hundreds it was like, or whatever. Okay. No, it was basically, I mean, walking in there it was like walking into like a like a an ICU or kind of a step down ICU. And um and then you had you individual room with like big ass queen size bed and T V and and you know, your own bathroom. They give and you, you they have movies and shit you could watch and stuff like that? Yeah, no, they just had full cable. Oh, you know, okay. and, and then you had, you know, if you have your laptops or you know tablets or anything you could do that but of course they uh he's like he's like yeah man he goes uh he's like try to try to go you know 
only keep it to like 40, 45 minutes as far as TV and stuff like that. Cause you know, so we can uh, really get you into a REM sleep. I was like, all right, man. So of course, you know, I laid down in fucking five seconds. I was out. So, <laughs> cause, cause you know how we roll, man. We got to get sleep where we can. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> like, Oh, we're laying down. All right. I'm out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I was, I was like, as soon as I hit, hit the pillow, I was just like lights out. And it was, you know, he, he wasn't a dick in the middle of it, like at three in the morning and woke you up with the tones going off and then be like, Hey, you got a place of service. You can go back to bed. I'm gonna hit <laughs> Those are my favorite. Yeah. And you're like, God, God, fuck off. You know? Or you, you get the, the, the three o'clock in the morning, you get the freaking automatic fire alarms sounding. It's like, are you yeah. serious? It's yeah. a, and then, then one turns into four, you know, cause you, <laughs> but no, but yeah, man, that was a, uh, it was an experience. It definitely was, but I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I finally did it because I waited too long. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. It'll be interesting to hear. Uh, I just didn't expect to be blinded the next two days afterwards. Yeah. It's supposed to be like, yeah. yeah, not a big deal. Like really you're just going yeah. somewhere to sleep and then you just go back home, you know, like that, like it's the only difference, you know, it's not supposed to be as traumatic as you went through, but I'm glad your eyes are all right. That's cool. Obviously. Oh yeah. I mean, I was like, like I said, I was just waiting for it to pass when it first happened. I just, I'll just be cloudy for a while and then I'll just, you know, it'll pass, but it just kept getting progressively kept getting worse. So until I'm like, I just couldn't stand it. And then I just literally couldn't see. So sucks. Was it both eyes too, or was it just the one? Yes. Yeah, it was, it was both eyes, but it was worse in the right because I had scratched the shit out of the right one. And um, when I got to the ER and they put the, they put the dye in and then they looked at it under the black, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they brought my wife and I was like, you see that? She's like, holy shit. You know, but uh, so basically, like I said, it just, I think the, the glue started coagulating again and just kind of clumped up and that's probably it was up under my lid and that's what scratched the shit out of my eyes so and but uh yeah (laughs) that's gross (laughs) you know what i mean yeah that's not that's not a i don't know it just sounds like they gotta uh change that up a little bit as far as their warnings or whatever you know right here's some wet wipes to clean yourself before before you leave or whatever at least your face at least all your face stuff you know so, so, dude, how's the uh, how's everybody handling the uh, current situations what, what are the down current, in Alabama? What, what are the current situations? Go ahead. Well, as far as the uh, the current current uh, like political climate and inflation and uh, it's it, uh, here. It's I mean we're a Republican state for sure here, but right. But it's uh, I mean it's pretty normal here. Like we, I mean we didn't really. I mean, we dealt with COVID here, but nothing like what you went through. Right. Um, so everything here is a little bit more mellow. Most people here kind of, I think, are kind of over a lot of this. You know, what are the gas? What are the gas prices down there right now? Uh, about three eighty six for regular. So they went down 350, again. Three fifty to three eighty somewhere in there. Yeah, it kind of fluctuates a little bit. It's gonna. They're gonna hike up again. I know. Well, you know, well, it's funny too because I, you know, you, whatever. I don't know. You can look at the stats or your your specific state, but. You know, it used to be like under two dollars, and now it's you know down to three thirty or three fifty or whatever. And people are like, "Oh, this is awesome!" I'm like, no, this still sucks. You know, but that's how they that's how they get you to you know. Well, I don't like I've always said I don't care what side of the fence politically people are sitting. on. I mean, I can basically consider myself a political atheist because you know. I think they're all on the same team. I think they're all just there, right? Well, there's their own agendas. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. I mean, it's kind of like the old saying goes: it's like it's. You know, whether you're right or left, it's two wings of the same bird, right. you know, so, <laughs> but, uh, 
But no, I mean, the, the, but the questions that people need to ask, even, you know, if, if I was a, a liberal or Democrat, I'd be, the questions I would be asking are, one, as soon as Biden took office, I mean, I'm saying this whether you like him or not, doesn't matter. People still need to ask these questions. It's like, okay, and whether you liked Trump or not, Trump, one of the things he did do is he basically made us energy independent, you know. And uh, before he left office and the first thing Biden did when he went into office is he reversed that whole situation, you know, whether yeah. it was the, the land leases, whether it was the, uh, pipeline. the Keystone pipeline, yep. you know, and uh, then when the situation in the Ukraine happened, I mean, if he didn't reverse everything, this would have been a lot easier to deal with. And the questions people need to ask is, well, what were his reasons for taking us off energy independence? Why? And that's still something that's not really answered. And if you do ask that question, you get some bullshit answer like, well, it's just, it was for environmental reasons. It's like, okay, but it's, it's, right. right. It, there it, aren't, had, it had nothing to do with the upcoming war, you know, in no. Ukraine, like, but, but, but okay. It's like, so then fast forward to Ukraine um, and the sanctions are put on Russia to where, you know, in the, of course this administration is going to blame you know, Putin for these gas hikes when that's complete horseshit. I mean, like I said, this is something could have that we could have ridden this storm out a lot easier if he didn't reverse our independence. Right. So now he's stuck, you know, trying to kiss the hand of the rings of the, the kingdom in Saudi Arabia to see if they can produce more, more oil, which they said no, or then he's going to go to Venezuela probably, you know, but people need to ask, why don't you just, put us back the way we were as far as being independent with our energy. You know, uh, like I said, you know, start up the Keystone Pipeline again. You know, uh, you know, work with American oil companies, you know, with the land leases and whatnot. Start, you know, start producing. And instead of asking other places in the world to produce more. And that's a question that is still not answered. Why? Yeah. You know, well, you know, why, it's, if it's an environmental issue, why is it only an environmental issue when it's in the United States? It's not an environmental issue. If you go ask another country such as Saudi Arabia, right. To produce more oil. Right. And they're definitely not as clean about it as we are. Right. So, but, but I also think that also goes down to, I mean, but you know, the whole thing's bullshit too. When like, the, the the war on Ukraine started up and then like the next day gas prices went up because that's not how any of that works. Like the gas prices, like they're not taking it, you know, I, I, for the limited knowledge I have on oil refinery, they're not pulling it out of the ground and then it's in your car the next day is gasoline. That's not how it works. It has to be processed and all that other stuff. So, and they have obviously tons right. of reserves because they're sell selling it and shipping it to all these different places or piping it to different places or whatever they're doing, right? So- there's no way that the, the thing starts one day and then on day two, the gas price is like, there's no reason for that because they're still using the reserves. It's just like they talk about now with, you know, food prices going up, you know, and they say it's going to get worse because the food we're eating now is food. A lot of it is food that we, we had from last year. You know, it's like frozen and preserved and all the stuff. And then, but so we're not even feeling the full effect yet of some of this other stuff yet. That's well, we're not going to feel it until next spring. Right, right, right. You that's know, what, yeah, that's, that's what when we're going to start yeah. to really feel the uh, and and these these shortages are going to they're real. It, yeah. It's going to happen, and you know people need to brace themselves. I'm not trying to fear monger. I'm just people. It, it's going to happen. You know, I mean, you 
every farmer out there is saying, this is real and this is going to happen. I mean, and uh, people just need to brace themselves and prepare themselves. And, you know, and I would definitely have at least three to six months of food in reserve for you and your family to set aside emergency food, you know, <clears throat> stash. I mean, he can, he can sit here and blame these gas hikes. I mean, they can blame Putin all they want to. I mean, it, 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 it just is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. If, if Putin is such a problem and we, we, you know, we foresee sanctions on it, Putin, he doesn't give a shit about that. He, he, we've actually made it, made him stronger, you know, because I mean, like we took him off the SWIFT system, you know, he doesn't have access to the SWIFT system. And so like we've talked about before, the SWIFT system is basically like the, the larger version of a Venmo system, if you will, how, you know, countries can send money back and forth, you know, electronically. But he was already prepared for that. We've, if anything, we've, we've, uh, we've strengthened them. And of course the mainstream media will say that, that of we, of course we have, we've given them the billions we gave them too. Right. But then, and then, you know, the other question people need to ask is, okay, if, if Americans are struggling with high oil, uh, with high gasoline prices, you know, cause a lot of Americans are like, uh, for the love of God, I don't understand why people still want to live in California right now. Yeah. You know, they're the highest tax state. Basically, they are, you know, the highest gas prices. Why would you want to live in that? I mean, I understand some people are stuck and they can't, you know, leave the state and it's hard. But, you know, I'm kind of like, if you can get out, get out. (laughs) Yeah, but But, that's actually one of the states where, you know, like, because as a realtor, like, right, well, it's coming down now a little bit. But before it was a great time to sell your house, obviously, if you had an extra house or or something like that. But but, um, to sell your house back at least, you know, like, let's say six months ago whatever you could sell it at this like ridiculously high price, but then you're just right. going to pay it on the next side when you go buy your next house. Cause that's going to be overinflated as well. But California is one of those States that's, I mean, it definitely has the same uh, market setup as far as that goes, but it's one of those States that you could technically sell your house in California. And then if you were to move to another state, Oh, right. especially a cheaper state, like, like where I live and stuff like that, you get a lot more for your buck here. So you could actually pay a lot less. And that's one of the ways you could actually make it work, you know? Cause yeah, California is that's ridiculous. Like all the restrictions they have there. And it's so, I mean, they were talking about bringing masks back there for, for God's sake for a little while. Oh, Well, like, they, uh, they already are in certain areas there. Are, it's like, uh, I guess Gavin Newsom's already made like the monkey pox, yeah, that guy's know, a, 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 a national or a, a, you know, state emergency, but um, don't even get me started on him. Um, but no, the other question people need to ask too, as far as his gasoline situation, you know, and why with all these Americans struggling, why would Biden take six, was it 6 million barrels of oil from our strategic oil reserves and just give it to China? How is that going to help the situation when you've got Americans struggling? Yeah. It makes zero sense. And, and these are, this is why I've always said people need to question everything because most of this shit doesn't make sense. And that's when doing your own research and digging in some of these, these rabbit holes or you're going to find answers that you might not like, but are going to be more of the truth than what you're going to hear on mainstream media. Well, that's why you're seeing the big push right now for hybrids and electric cars and stuff like that, because I think people are just getting fed up with this. But, uh, right. uh, but of course, in my opinion, and this is Jason speaking, I think eventually once that happens where we, we transform over to electric or hybrid systems, it's just going to be somehow the, gov- the government will fuck it up some other way, you know? Right. They'll tax the electricity higher or something to make up, you know, they'll do something that screws it up, you know? But yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be great to be 
on self-reliant to a point on stuff. We don't need to be going to all these other countries to get all this energy stuff all the time when we have stuff at our in our own home, our home field here. We should be doing right. some of that to bring the stuff down. It's ridiculous. Like all we do is import stuff in this country. We don't do anything. Well, no, this is, we're, we're the biggest debtor nation on the planet right now. Um, the only thing we actually produce is debt and weapons, and that's pretty much it. But uh, and fake money. Well, absolutely. There's that. I mean, I, I will say this, and this is. I'll leave this topic for another another cast because it's long and detailed. But I'll touch on it a little bit, just kind of as a segue into uh, another time. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like I've said before, the uh, crisis of the housing crisis of two thousand eight. I mean, everybody thinks that not everybody, but a lot of people thinks we we fixed the problem. You know, in two thousand eight, when all we did was we just threw money at it and put it on life support, and made it worse. When, which is what we're seeing now with everything else stacked on top of it. But uh, like I said, that'd that, uh, be one for another time. But uh, one of the things I did want to talk about is uh, having a good partner, especially uh, especially in our or my line of work and your former line of work, you know, and with the importance of that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's kind of uh, a lot of people would disagree with me, but it's kind of. Uh, what the hell is um, that in the background? Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That was funny. The, it was like uh, the six million dollar man <laughs> came to visit. Yeah, that was great, dude. <laughs> no, as you know, Jason, uh, you know, having a good partner, especially in this line of work, is is you know kind of like a marriage in a sense. You know, you gotta you gotta have that trust there. I mean, granted, sometimes you have partners and you don't trust them as much as you would like to, but that's just kind of par for the course sometimes. But if you do have one, you know, you just kind of learn to the way my p- current partner now says it and he's absolutely correct in my opinion is that you just you don't even have to talk yeah you can just kind of telepathically just kind of communicate seriously that's and a lot of people probably say the same thing and you already know what the other person wants to do before they're going to do it and your hands both sets of hands just start start working and uh if you have that type of partnership that's the type of partnership you want especially when it comes to dealing with uh patient care, life-threatening situations, and, you know, possibly having to save someone's life. Yeah, I agree. What do you think? No, I agree completely. And I, cause I've had a, a couple partners in my career that have been like amazing, you know, and right. I've, had, I've had the couple ones where you have like the off shift person comes in and you, you don't quite quick click as well. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, my EMT partners that I had, um, on the medic unit, they were great. And I kind of had to coach them in the beginning to be like, Hey, this is what I want. Like right. every day you come in and you just not, cause I'm very easygoing as far as a 24 hour partner to work with. I, I want to do, get my stuff. I have to done run our calls that we have to do. And after that, as far as I'm concerned, you can do whatever you want the rest of the shift. I don't care if you want to sleep the whole day. I could care less. Um, right. So like, that was my thing. And I was like, when I get in the ambulance, I want this here. I want this on this side of me. Like I had a roll, like an IV roll thing that I set made up with a towel where all the stuff was in there. I want that set out. I want this. If I tell you to hang a bag, if we have time for, to do that, like, here's how you do that. Do you have any questions? You know what I mean? And then it gets to the point where once you run with that person enough, it's so smooth because you get in the back of the truck and it's all prepped for you. And, and, it's, and they're great. You know what I mean? And then in return, I help them do stuff and, you know, buy them dinner sometimes, stuff like that, um, as a way to say thank you. Because it just makes everybody's job so much easier if you just do it that way. And then if you have a great medic partner, which I've also had a couple great medic partners as, as well, um, where you have two paramedics on the truck, uh, which is right. a luxury. <laughs> but when you have that, it's nice too because the one partner I had, like we played off each other's uh, strength and weaknesses, strengths and weaknesses, excuse me. 
Um, right. And that was really good because there would be certain things that I was better at than he was. And there'd be certain things that he was better at than I was. And between the two of us, we could tackle anything. There was nothing, there was no call that we were like, uh, what? You know what I mean? We never had that. Right. So that made it really good. And you always had that bat backup too. Cause sometimes there's times in EMS and I'm not ashamed to admit it. There are times when you just kind of want a second opinion on something, you know? Oh yeah. And that, you know, I, I feel like I'm fortunate enough to where I'm at to, it is, two paramedics on a truck, not one paramedic and one EMT. It's two paramedics. So, you know, one, you can take turns treating patients. You're not the only one always treating the patient for much, you know, cause let's be honest, a lot of calls that go out there, they always end up becoming advanced life support calls. So the higher level of care is the one that's always going to end up, you know, running the call for, for the most part. But when you have two paramedics, you know, the exact same, you know, level of, you know, certification or license, whatever, it definitely makes a difference because one, you can take a break. And like I said, and then the other is, uh, you have someone with the exact same knowledge base that you can just bounce off. Yeah. You know, you know, just bounce, you know, ideas or information off of, you know, and you got two sets of eyes with the same training, which is great. Yeah. We used to That's, switch every transport. That's how we used to do it. So not cause we, you try every call and then it's not fair because sometimes you get like a refusal, Right. <laughs> you get out of it easy. You know, you're like, eh, we got place to service. I'm done. See ya. You know, you go or back you, to get, drive. you get like a, you get like a, an alarm sounding in the middle of the night or, or a gas leak, yeah. you know? And it's like, you know, where basically you just, you know, arrive at the scene and then you're basically, if it's nothing significant, you're put in service within like the most 10 minutes while you're on the scene. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, well, that counts. I'll be driving now. See ya. You know? Yep. Yeah. Though. So we always did the, we would do it by transport. <laughs> that way it was kind of, kind of fair like you said to break it up for everybody and then same thing with um eventually in our county they at first they didn't really allow it um but eventually in our county they let they were letting an als staff truck let the bls provider who's obviously released as a bls provider do the bls call and let the medic drive sometimes right for a while they wouldn't let you do that because they're like no you have a medic on the truck they should always be in the back which i understand liability wise you can kind of understand that a little bit but if it was like a really ridiculously basic call you know, and, and the EMT, of course, was comfortable. We would we would be allowed to swap, and that was cool too. Because then I was like, yeah, you get to like kind of do stuff back here. Because I mean, driving's fun, but it's not really. I mean, driving isn't really EMS. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're not really doing any EMS work. You're just driving a, you know, a, a van front or a or a F one fifty front or F four fifty front or something. You know, with a box in the back. Well, plus, if you have a bad call, you know, it definitely helps to have a a good partner to. Uh, oh yeah. Or if you're or if you're second guessing what you've done on that particular call, you know, you have that, that, uh, person to, uh, like I said before, to bounce, you know, bounce your thoughts off of. Well, I've had, I mean, I've had that with, um, two with, and that goes same thing when I, when we say EMTs too, uh, also like where I r ran, um, we were at a volunteer system as far as the fire truck was at our station and they, right. they were good at working with us too about, Hey, what do you want on a scene? You know, you're the medic on the scene. You're in charge of the medical scene, obviously. Like, what, what do you want? And I was like, I want you guys to be able to get this, 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 and obviously steal a driver if we need it, blah, blah, whatever. And they're like, yeah, no problem. And it got to the point where even with them, it was great because there were a couple times in that, in that scenario where we'd get on scene like a CPR and I'm the only right. medic because the medic unit has one medic. The engine is basic. And let's say our fire chief, um, like a battalion chief of the day, they might not be a medic because they promoted stupidly with some of that stuff so they wouldn't be a medic so then the person who's even coming in to, as the helper can't really do anything so it's kind of almost like why are you here you know um but when you get to those situations you're like hey i need you to fuck i gotta do that hey 
oh, I'll do that too. <laughs> you know, like you kind of right. had to like go, but it's also the way that was a good training thing to work out with them. Like, oh, okay, on a CPR, because I, I have to do A, B, and C, then I need you guys to do all the other stuff. Like without me telling you, we need to, you know, and they were good about doing that once we practiced it a few times and everybody got their right. roll down and stuff. So I think it's very important. And like you said too, you're, you're at, uh, when you're at the ambulance and you're, especially if you're doing 24 hour shifts, like we did, we did three 24s a, a week on average. Um, you're, you're with your partner more than you are with your loved ones. I mean, if you time it out, you know, cause you're, you know, your wife's, your wife's at work. So even when you're at home, she's not, she's not home with you 24 hours a day. She might be going to work for half of that time, you know? You add it up, you're like with your partner even more than your wife or your husband or whatever. Yeah, that's why it kind of has to be, and maybe a marriage is the wrong way to put it, but like it has to be like a, you know, like a family member. Cause I mean, you are, depending on the shift you have, you are basically living with those people for half your life or however you are with the department or at that particular station. So well, hopefully yeah. you get in with a good set of people and have a good partner. Well, it's funny. Like when I moved here, um, we were same thing I, with cops. I was, well, I was visiting my wife at work when we, when I moved here and, and, you know, we were new to this area and stuff. And so were some, right. a lot of other people, people that live in our neighborhood and people that work at her job. And we were going around and, um, our neighbor who lives next door, but we just moved in together. So we, I didn't know them. I mean, I knew they were from our area, but I, I never knew them before. And we were all talking and I was being introduced to people at her work, you know, she's showing me around cause I was like, Oh, that's cool. And, um, and, and then he was like, Oh, you used to work for, you know, this co County. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, Oh, do you know, uh, Danny? And I was like, uh, do I know Danny? <laughs> and he was my partner for two years. You know what I mean? And like, and, and you really know that person now because you've worked with them. You know, you've met their family, you've met their friends. You've met like, you know, cause at the firehouse you're doing, you know, you might have people come visit, you know, friends and family sometimes stop by and say hi. Or if they have kids, right. maybe they bring their, the wife brings the kids up or, or if it's the wife, maybe the husband brings the kids up or whatever, or the partner brings the kids up, whatever, you know, and you get to kind of meet everybody through all that time when you're there. Cause you know, it's not, a lot of people think when you work at 24, you're like constantly running calls. I mean, that's occasional and it happens in certain areas for sure. But a lot of times you are, have a lot of downtime to be ready for the next one kind of thing. Well, I'll be honest too. In, in this, this day and age, especially in this climate that's, that's going on and especially in this country right now is, uh, you know, with this, the sensitivity level, if you know what I'm saying. Um, uh, I, if I had to choose, I would most likely rather have a female partner. I know I've said this before. Do I have a female, excuse me, do I, <laughs> do I have a female partner right now? No. Um, but that's okay. But if I had my choice, yeah, I'd rather have a female partner because if you, especially when it comes into you run, I don't, we've run so many calls on sexual assault on females or rapes or, or, or any type of questionable OBs, call. With a, OBs even, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, OBs, sure. But OBs can be a little different because, uh, you know, especially if it's, you know, the woman's in labor or excuse me, I, I guess I, the proper way of saying it is the, a, a pregnant person. Is, is that PC? Well, fuck that shit. Anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> No, uh, when the, uh, female, uh, patient is, uh, like say they're in labor, you know, at that point, the most likely they, they, they don't care just as long as they're getting someone to help them, you know, but, uh, if it's a sexual assault or a rape or any type of domestic situation where, you know, uh, it was a female patient that was assaulted or whatnot, they're a lot of times they're not going to be very comfortable with a bunch of dudes you know coming up there you know just getting in their grill i mean they'd rather have or they feel more secure with a uh with a female provider and that's at least so whenever i had a, i've had female partners in the past 
you know, that, and we'd have those calls. I just, you're patient. Yeah. I know I ran the, I know you ran the last call, but you know, this makes more sense. You know, you, (laughs) and they don't have a problem with it because they understand, you know, but that's, that's, I can't even tell you how many times that it's been like a relief for the patient. And also me that I've had that female partner to deal with those situations because it, I mean, you, you would agree that when it comes to those situations, a lot of these patients that are in, you know, victims of, of that type of, you know, violence or assault, they're going to feel more comfortable with another female. Well, yeah. And also like we talked about on uh, one of the other episodes of the, the guy I ran, it was, uh, I ran him a couple different times, but he had pulled his, got his fully pulled out. Well, it was still inflated. Remember that whole story? And, oh, uh, yeah. and then I had to, you know, do the nasty is what I called it. I do nasty and make sure his, his junk looked like it was supposed to look. And, um, yeah, I mean now if, if a girl, what if had, that was a female, if a female, medic had been there like i wasn't even on the call and it was a different unit that had a female person right. on now would he have allowed her to look at his junk of course i mean you know what i mean because it was a medical situation he was he needed medical care or, and he was very definitely very worried about it and he didn't want to check himself and whatever and like fair enough and, and he's in so much pain he doesn't he, care definitely. right right but what did it make it easier being someone obviously someone who had run him before so i you know we had like a like back and forth kind of band, banter with each other a little bit and right. uh, and then but also like it's a dude so you know what i mean like i can i can you know like obviously be like yep that looks good to me you know what i mean <laughs> like like I, it doesn't look like a hot dog that exploded in the microwave so i think you're all right you know what i mean so um like uh, you know so that's the kind of situation where it can work the other way too but but i've right. also like you said though i have i've never personally had a problem where i've had a female patient um that would not allow me to do anything like would not allow me to check her for insert whatever the problem is that we're on for on the call for. However, I definitely have had situations where I have been like, Hey, we got to do this to you, whatever this is for the procedure that we need to do. Um, would you be more comfortable with a female provider? And they would say in certain situations, like some that you brought up there, they would say yes. And I'd be like, very good. And then I'd either get one there, like call on the radio and get someone brought to the scene that can do that. Or if there's someone already on the scene, just have them jump in the truck and do that part or come with us to the hospital, depending on, you know, again, what's going on. So you just want to have that option, but I agree. Yeah. Having the female partner, you kind of cover all bases of that sense then, you know? Yeah. It, it, it definitely, I mean, I can't even tell you how many situations where you can just tell that it just puts the patient at ease more that, especially in a situation like that, like I said, whether it was like a sexual assault call or whatnot, it, they feel so much more at ease having that female there than, you know, five guys, you know, getting in their face. Right. You know, I, I mean, I can't, I, and you can see it, you can see the change. Like there's been times where, uh, like say I get, I get on the, I jump out of the rig and get on the scene before my partner does. And she's like grabbing some equipment that I didn't grab. And I go up to the patient first and, and the patient is very standoffish because there's already two dudes there. And here I come asking her the same questions as they probably did and along with the cops. And then as soon as she sees my female partner and then you can just see the, the change or the look of relief that comes over her face. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And the, and the time you really realize it for me um, is I, like I said, I had, you know, a few times in my career, like we had call outs and so someone has to be pulled over or some are held over. I mean, and someone has to be pulled in whatever to run the shift. 
and then you work with that partner that you've never worked with before and not saying they're a bad provider or anything like that, but it's just someone you've, you don't have that. There's no connection there with you two yet. Um, just because of time and stuff like that. And those days are horrible because those are the days where you like get on the scene and then you're like looking for this equipment and you didn't grab it because you're used to your partner grabbing it. Kind of like what you said, and it's not there and you look like a bunch of idiots, you know, or you do this and yeah, you know, whatever. It just, it just doesn't, it's not as smooth, you know? But I like what I did uh, right. back when I was an EMT. I remember we did, um, I, I took a class or whatever, and I was with my, me and my partner, this guy TJ, shout out to TJ. We, we went to this class together. It was a ITLS class. And we were doing. What our, does ITLS stand for? Uh, International Traumatic Life Support, I think. Trauma Life Support. Is that right? Right on. I, I, do. <laughs> I was like, uh, you're asking me questions from a long time ago. But, uh, but um, anyway, we went to this class and we've been partners in EMS for a while, like a year and a half or something at that point. And we went to the class and the guy was like, the instructor, you know, you're doing your practical scenario, whatever. And we were going through the scenario and doing our thing. And then we were done. You know, he, and they don't tell you if you passed yet or anything, but you just said you were done. He goes, he goes, Hey, do you guys, do you guys, um, do you guys volunteer together? And we're like, Oh yeah, yeah. We volunteer, you know, here. And he's like, Oh, he's like, how long have you been partners? And I was like, uh, I don't know, year and a half ish, something like that. He goes, yeah, it shows. He's like, you, you, you guys didn't even talk. You were just, you, you, you would put your hand back. Like, cause he did like we were, we had different parts we were doing in the different scenarios. Cause he had multiple scenarios you had to go through. And like, I would just put my right hand back in the, the thing, what I needed would be right there. Like without looking like, you know what I mean? It was that he was like, yeah, that was, that was, that was awesome. You guys are good partners, you know? So it's just interesting. Like, like that, when you have that, that good cohesion with a partner. So, right. All right. So yeah, we beat that to a dead horse. So Bobby, without further ado, man, let's get out of here. Uh, we will actually see you next week. This has been season two, episode 12 of paramedics unscripted, and we'll see you next week on paramedics. Unscripted. Unscripted.